As always, I'm your host, Emma, and today we're going to talk about The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. And I know I'm a huge Donna Tartt fan. You know I am. I'm hoping many of you are. But we all know The Goldfinch was not the best movie, and I do not think that's the book's fault. And many people are saying, oh, well, like we need to rethink the Pulitzer Prize and everything because um, like, the movie does not reflect the book, and I think there's a reason why. And I think there is... It's not an excuse, but I think... We all know it's very hard to make books into movies, and certain authors are harder to make into movies than others. I think Donna Tartt is one of them. For starters, the book is big. The book is almost 800 pages long, and to make anything 800 pages long into something shorter is wild. Because if you make an 800-page screenplay, you are looking at an 800-minute movie. The rule of screenplay is a minute per page. So if you have a 90-minute page, you have an hour and a half movie. So you can imagine how long an 800 page screenplay would be. And I think that's the same when also with like the Harry Potter books were super big as they got later on in the series, you know, the first couple were a little bit, well, not thin books, but thinner compared to the other ones. And some books are just gigantic compared to others. And that's very hard to adapt, especially being you have to cut material and you have to cut a lot of material. The bigger the book, the more material you have to cut. And even though the Goldfinch movie, I think if I remember correctly, it was like two hours and 15 minutes or something, like it was a long movie. But you have to have a long movie if, you're going, if you have a long book and even then they still cut out a lot of things. I think one of the reasons why the movie did not do as well as the book did is primarily because of the topics in the book. With an 800 page book, you can explore intense topics and you can explore multiple intense topics a lot easier than you can in a movie. In this book alone, just some of the topics were terrorism, loss and grief, substance abuse, friendships, relationships, identity, family ties, and I can keep going on. In a book, you can explain and explore those better because also you are seeing inside Theo's mind. It's told from a first person point of view. So we can see inside Theo's mind easier where you can't really in a movie unless you do a voiceover and it's very rare voiceover works. In American Psycho it works and then there's a couple other ones that work but audiences tend not to react well to narrations. They don't like it. So that automatically limits you what you can do because you can't tell people. You have to show people and grief does not manifest the same way or substance abuse manifests the same way in each person as it does. Where in a book you can explore his inner thoughts and his workings and the psychology that he is going through but you cannot always do that in a film. So Theo Decker is our narrator and it is a coming of age story. He's I think 12 or 13 for most of the book and then it keeps jumping back and forth between present day and past. Boris is his friend and Boris they meet in Las Vegas when he moves out there with his father and they have a connection, a friendship, and then when they get older, they reconnect and everything. And I'm gonna say some. the book is big, like I've said before. And if you know Don Tart books, they're kind of big. But it is easy to follow, and I do not say that as a knock on her work, not at all. I would never do that. I really love Don Tart's writing style. So don't be intimidated for it. It's, it's easy to follow. She's very accessible, that's the word I want. She's a very accessible writer. And you don't need to be this scholar and know all about this stuff. Like she even talks about like psychology and philosophy in this book and history and art. And I know very little about art and 
psychology and philosophy i mean i'm still learning all that stuff and i was e easily able to follow along here's a very accessible writing style i think that's also why she's such a, a broad audience when she writes books it's been about 10 years since she released the goldfinch 20 i think it was 2013 it was released so i'm kind of hoping we get a new one soon because i I can't keep bringing the same three down the tart books over and over again. I want a new one to just emotionally destroy me. But like all big books, there are some scenes that drag on, but that happens in every large book. But it's not so much because it wasn't entertaining, it's just there in the settings for very long. A large chunk of the book is when Theo is young and he's in Vegas. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm done with you being in Vegas. I think that's my only critique of the book is that there are some parts that drag on, but that's expected in long books. I mean, long books are long for a reason, they drag on. But um, I'm sure you know if you've, if you've read a long book and you're like, okay, like, come on, like, let, let's change something here. But I don't think that also takes away from the book because, again, his internal monologues is driving the book forward and what's so important. And that's where we get most of the story and where we get most of our knowledge of Theo. And I think that's where the movie falls short is we can't see inside Theo's mind in a movie. Yeah, like, you can portray it, but it's very hard to do so without that look. Like... Donna can tell us in the book, Theo is upset because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, well now we know he's upset because of X, Y, and Z. Or Theo himself is telling us, because of this, I don't know what to do, I'm lost. Okay, so now we know because he just told us, okay, I'm lost. In a movie, the actors have to show us that. And sometimes it doesn't always translate to the audience. And that's a very natural occurrence that happens with actors. Sometimes it doesn't come across. And this movie was filled with actors that were well accredited. I'm not saying they're bad actors. Although, was it Ansel? I think he, I think it was like, a, he recently was like accused of sexual assault. I didn't know. It, I didn't know about that until I, I was reading this book because I don't really, I'm not a big movie person. So I don't really follow along to a lot of that stuff. Like if there's drama in like the book world, I know about it. But movies, I wasn't very, I'm not very in touch with that. And then all of a sudden, I was reading it, and I met this girl at um, a creative writing club in my school, and we were talking about because she was actually reading The Goldfinch at the same time. And um, we were talking about she goes, yeah, and Ansel was um, accused of, uh, or I think he might have been found guilty. I couldn't remember which one was. I was like, what? She goes, how did you not know that? I was like, I, no one told me. <laughs> so, but I think the other actors were pretty good. Although the kid that plays, who's in Stranger Things, the kid that plays... Boris as a child, the accent's not good, bud. You're a great actor, accent was not good. But I like um, adult Boris and how he was portrayed by that actor. But again, they're very limited to what they can do because again, acting is very, A, dialogue heavy and action heavy, but you don't get inner thoughts. And that's really what differs between the pro, well, telling a story in prose and telling a story in screenwriting. You do not have that internal dialogue. And even if you have a third person narrator you can still get that internal dialogue between characters and what they're thinking the thoughts that they don't let outside we all have thoughts we don't say out loud or thoughts we don't act on in books we get to see that and it adds a whole different layer to the character but in the movie we only see what they want to show and we only hear what they say it's almost as if books we can read their minds but we are also but in films we are we are shown their facade so we don't get that internal struggle I mean, we see that uh, Theo is struggling with substance abuse, but we don't hear his internal dialogue of when he is drinking or something, and he's like, damn, like, it it burns. Like, I don't 
like it burns to drink this much. We don't get that unless he says it in the film. And I think that really is where it varies and where the problem is. So can I, do I think Down the Tart books can be made into movies? No. And why I think that is because she talk, tackles such heavy subjects. If you read The Secret History, if you read My Little Friend, if you've read The Goldfinch, you know those are heavy topics and those are topics that take hundreds of pages to explore. I think this has to say for a lot of books, I can think of a lot of books that aren't good in movies. Honestly, I think books, when they're long, should do something that um, Shadow and Bone did or like Sherlock Holmes did and breaking the TV shows. I don't think the fault is turning books into movies or turning books into TV shows. They, they should be because many books deserve to be made into TV shows. They're good pieces of work. And having that audience that a TV show or a movie provides helps. But I think the problem is not always the adaptation and their intentions because no filmmaker wants to make a bad film. And there's been plenty of films that were really good adaptations like Silence of the Lambs is one I can think of or The Great Gatsby. Yeah, they missed some parts of it, but still it was a very good remake in my opinion. It got the gist of the movie down. But I think the struggle is when you have books that are the length of Anna Karenina, War and Peace, The Goldfinch, it's very hard to make that into movies. They're like people like drag racing outside my door. Not my door, my window. I would really appreciate them to stop. <laughs> but so if you hear car rumblings, my apologies. I don't think it's... I think the intentions are always good, but I think sometimes the length is what the problem is. So if you have books like The Great Gatsby or A Movable Feast or other books that are just shorter in length, they're easier to adapt into movies. Adapting a book into a movie is very hard because adapting prose in the screenplay you have to get that same feeling down through just actions and dialogue. And that's very hard to do. It's very hard to tell a story where it's just basic actions and dialogue. It's extremely hard to do. And taking a book that's as descriptive and as long as The Goldfinch is, it it's a task. Especially being this was right after The Goldfinch, well, not right after, but a few years prior, The Goldfinch won the Pulitzer Prize. Dottar has a very loyal fan base very intense fan base. She's critically acclaimed. That's a lot to do. And the movie had everything to be an Oscar winning movie, but just they didn't do it right. You know what I mean? Like the Goldfinch is a movie that could win an Oscar. The the character developments there, the the stories there, the, the book has the topics and the life lessons that could potentially push you to win an Oscar. But I think when you make a movie in the sole purpose of trying to win an Oscar, which I think so, because they followed the very Oscar equation and system, but it didn't work out for them. Why? Because I think they were trying to win an Oscar and not trying to tell a story. The Goldfinch didn't, wasn't written to win the Pulitzer Prize. It was written to tell a story. A story about a man that's struggling and how he misses his mother and about terrorist attacks and substance abuse and grief and loss and friendship. That's a story that needed to be told that Tart wanted to tell you. Write an 800 page book just for the fun of it. It's a story that needed to be told. And I think the movie didn't have that same approach. Donna Tart did not expect to win a Pulitzer Prize. She wrote this because she loves the story and she loves writing about these things and having a story that connects with people. 
I think they wrote this movie and made this movie to win an Oscar, not to tell a story, not to push boundaries. I think that's the main difference. Because also, when Tart writes, she talks about psychology, struggles, observations. If you've read the Don Tart book, you know the observations. Just even when we talked about the secret history, the observation she gives for uh, Richard describing the uh, five other students is like four pages long. She goes down to what they're wearing, the freckles, the hair, everything. It's very hard to match the same image when the author is as descriptive as Dawn Tart is because we have an image in our head and when the movie can't hit that image, it's hard to look at. The problems with books to movies also is the pacing. Books can take their time. They can. Movies can't always take their time and the pacing is just different. Books, you can have a scene go on for pages and pages and pages and screenplays we can't. We just talked about how in Inglorious Bastards, the opening scene is 17 pages and that's almost unheard of. In the book, there are scenes that are 17 pages long. The pacing doesn't always translate over because the length doesn't translate over. You can't have an 800 page screenplay. If you've read the screenplay, you know the formatting of it. There's sometimes not a whole lot on a page. So now you're instantly cutting yourself down with the amount of words you can have. Think about it is, I would say probably only your average screenplay versus, well, screenplay page versus your average written prose page. I would say probably a screenplay only has maybe a third of the amount of words on it. And that's, I mean, like it can vary. Like if you're opening a scene, you have like always like long descriptions at the beginning, which is your average page, probably only a third, if that. I'm probably even, that's probably giving it a lot of extra words. And the point of view, like I said, movies have to show us everything. Books can sometimes tell us. And we know we shouldn't like, oh, show, don't tell, but books can tell us. Movies can't. Everything in movie has to be shown and there's different interpretations of that. Books can use a narrator. Movies always can't. Yeah, movies follow us a central character, but books, it's different. We get more intimate with the characters, I feel like, in books because we're inside their head and movies we're not. I feel like this has turned more into an overall view of whether or not books can be made into movies. And I think, yes, they, they can be. But I have to admit, I used to hold standards very high for movies when they came from books. And then when I actually learned how to screenwrite, I really started to learn about the behind the scenes of films. I started to learn, man, they're really limited with what they have. Because also a book doesn't have a budget. A movie does. A book, I can make these grand places. I could say in the roads were covered in gold and the houses were painted in silver. Everyone was six feet tall and, and all that stuff. That costs money in films. And you have a set budget. And odds are you're not gonna be allowed to go over a budget where in in a in um in a book I don't have a budget. I can do whatever I want. It's my head, it's my imagination. With the story itself there's no budget. And it wasn't until I really got the concept of it that I realized, oh, movies have to work with what they have. Authors can work with whatever they want. And sometimes films don't always get the image or the vision of the director because he doesn't have the funds or the resources for it. So recently I've started to cut slack on book to movie adaptations or book to TV show adaptations and maybe you should too. Although I have to admit right now I'm watching the Shadow and Bones one. 
I kind of like that adaptation a lot. I'm really kind of digging it. So maybe maybe they should stop because now they're causing my expectations to rise a little bit. Especially a lot of people said their characters really look like them. They are exactly how I imagined them. And maybe it might be like a little bit tainted because I had seen them before that. But I think even if I hadn't seen them before reading the books, I think I would. That's how I would have envisioned them to be. So maybe like Shadow and Bone should like stop because you're causing my expectations to rise again. But yeah, I think definitely moving forward in life, all of us book lovers, if, if a movie really does disrespect for a book, yeah, let's, let's rip on it. But I think if we really start to acknowledge that there are limitations to movies, or there's not limitations to books, because also movies have copyright issues, they have, well, books have these issues too, but movies, there's even more. There's a, you can study law just for movie law, and you can for publishing, but there's different avenues for it. Movies have to do casting and they have to do sets and they have to do production and they also have to worry about uh, ratings and like age ratings like G, PG, PG-13, all that stuff. Then different countries have different rating and isn't that. It's very hard to make a movie. It's very hard to get a movie off the ground. Many movies don't even get off the ground. Everyone goes to Hollywood for the script. How many of them get made? Not a lot. So I definitely think we should cut some people some slack and maybe the Goldfinch movie isn't as bad as we thought. We just assumed it to follow the book to a T. I think if we watch book films as their own independent stories and not as adaptations, maybe we would enjoy them a little bit more and we wouldn't ruin too many movies for ourselves. Now off my little, that was my little soapbox for the day. Have you read The Goldfinch with Don Tart? I really liked it. Not as much as Secret History, still a Secret History girly. But I find it really funny that people like you're either a Secret History fan or a Goldfinch fan. I'm like, well, what about My Little Friend? That's also a really good book. No one ever talks about that one. But um, I actually plan on doing an episode about that too. Or maybe doing it. I was thinking about doing like a 24-hour reading challenge and maybe um, rereading that because no one ever talks about that book and I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. And then hopefully Donna, please, I if I make an episode about them, add a book episodes to make about you. So we got to come out with a new book. <laughs> like right now. Right now. We need one. I'm like just waiting for her to like announce it. Cause I'm like, it's, it's been 10 years. You say every 10 years you come out with one. Like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's 10 years and it's just not coming. But thank you for stopping by. Tell me what is your favorite book to movie adaptation? I wanna know, or book to TV show adaptation. I, I wanna know, I'm curious about them. But next week we're gonna be talking about Crime and Punishment and then I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. Both uh, different types of books. Probably didn't plan that right. A little bit of a swing. I guess both of them involve death and mental struggles. I try to find themes between them and there actually are some overlapping themes between them so I'm excited about talking about both of those books. We're almost done I feel like with the with the season. Only six weeks left. Six weeks guys! We're almost done. And then really excited for season three already. It just I just keep working on episodes because I really like the show and it, it helps me relax and yeah it's stressful sometimes but I really like it and there's now the people doing drag racings are yelling and laughing at each other please stop please I was almost done <laughs> okay but thank you for always stopping by and as always this has been me notes from the library